Good morning, church family. How are we doing this morning? We good? It's so good to see you all. We're so glad that you are here. And to those joining us online, welcome. If it is your first time here, we're so glad that you're here. Welcome to Open Door. We love you guys. Why don't you stand? We are going to sing. We are going to worship. God, we love you. We thank you so much for this day. What a glorious day it is. Hallelujah. Let's sing. And I was buried beneath my shame And who could carry that kind of weight It was my tomb Till I met you I was breathing but not All my failures I've tried to hide It was my tomb Till I met you You called my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into You called my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day Now your mercy has saved my soul Freedom is all that I know. The old man knew Jesus when I met you. You called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into You call my name and I ran out of that grave out of the darkness into your glorious day. Hallelujah. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy. Chains break at the weight of your glory I needed shelter, I was an orphan When you called me a citizen of heaven When I was broken, you were my healing Now your love is the air that I'm breathing I have a future, my eyes are open Cause when you call my name 
welcome. It is wonderful to see you all here this morning, and uh, we're going to have a great day. Continue to pray for the Will Graham event. Celebrate London. This is the body of Jesus together reaching those who need to hear about him. So it's going to be good. We're looking forward to some great reports. I've invited Jason up to uh, share an announcement, and he felt something from the Lord, which he ran by me. I felt it was appropriate to share. Well, good morning, everyone. It is a glorious day because he is sitting on the throne. He has rose from the grave, and he has pulled us out of the grave and brought each of us here today into new life. If you agree with me and you like what I'm saying, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. This morning in the pre-service prayer, or the service prayer, prayer service, um, the Lord spoke to me, gave me a word that I want to share with you this morning, and he said this, I want my people this morning to be confident, confident in who I am, confident in what I have done, confident in what I am able to do. His word says he is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we think or imagine. And he wants to remind us here in this place this morning that he is able, that he is desiring to heal, that he is desiring to change lives, change hearts, and bring forth transformation. That there is no wall, there is no mountain too high, there is no obstacle too challenging that God is not able to give us victory in. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. The real reason I'm up here is to remind you again. Every Wednesday, we meet in the back room and we do something called the Core Foundations. We've been talking about Jesus, the great I Am, as seen in the Gospel of John. And we covered last week Jesus, I am the bread of life, and how he is, and we are confident, we are confident that he is able to provide for our every need, that man should not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And this Wednesday, we're going to talk about Jesus, I am the light, and we're going to talk about how he has called us out of darkness and into his glorious light that no matter how dark things may seem no matter how many the clouds may seem God's light is able to break through give us illumination and lead us into the path of life and freedom and victory amen, amen. so we're going to meet here Wednesday night 7 to 9 and we're going to trust the Lord to give us confidence in who He is, who we are in Him, and what He is able to do in us and through us. Amen? Amen. God bless you all. Enjoy the service and have a great morning. So I'm going to, we're going to do something wonderful. We have Sean Davis joining us as a deacon. I would like to call Sean and Don up and we want our elders and their wives and deacons and their wives to come up and join us as well. And we're going to pray for this couple. Uh, they have been an incredible blessing. And uh, when you read all the qualifications for a deacon, come on. Maybe you should stand there. No, I'm teasing. Come on up. Sean's so tall, he could stand there and we could be at the same height. But come on up here. 
I want you up there too, yeah. We're going to pray for you. And we recognize uh, the calling of God. They have been faithful uh, to God's service. They love the church. They love God's people. And they, um, we just want to say thank you uh, for accepting. We need you. And you're a wonderful part of our family. And you're friends of this church and our zone. Yeah. So wait, could you stand in the middle? I'm going to stand on the other side so people can see me. But uh, yeah. And we're just going to have a, a prayer at recognizing and uh, uh, for and thank you for. Uh, we wanted to have uh, this prayer for Sean and Don when uh, Alan and Eliezer were here, but we were unable to because you were working, and we didn't want to just we just wanted to make it special. So Lord, uh, let's extend our hands towards Sean and Don. Lord, we just want to come and thank you for this wonderful couple that you have brought into our midst, and we know that. Sean is serving as a deacon in this church, but um, Don is just as much a part of it. We recognize that you call couples together. You call families together. They're part of our family. We thank you for their love for you, first and foremost, Jesus. They have lived their life in service to you. They have been hidden. They've done things quietly for many years. And Lord, we just want to come and acknowledge the wonderful gift they are. And we just pray your blessing on them as they serve in this community. We pray for wisdom, we pray for strength, we pray for uh, health, for Sean and for Don. Let their light continue to shine. Would you give wisdom? Would you guide their steps? And we receive them and we commit them back to you for this service and this ministry It's so important and that they'd be a part of growing the kingdom of God. And we just really wanna come here and acknowledge the work that you have done. Lord, may your anointing rest upon them. May they continue to grow in their gifts. Bless their family and their children and grandchildren, Lord. And we love this family, and we thank you for them, and we commit them to you and recognize their gift to this community. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I want to thank you for Sean. Lord God, I thank you for this man who follows your heart. Lord God, I pray that there will just be a release of your love within him. I pray, Jesus, that there will be a release of your power within him, Lord God, that you will cause him, Lord, not only here, but even in work, Lord, to be that light that he desires to be, that strength, that tower, Lord, that points to you, O oh Lord Jesus. And I pray, O oh Lord God, that there will be a, a, a mighty outpouring of your wisdom upon him, Lord, that as he goes about the duties here and at work, Lord, that you will just cause him to have wisdom, the wisdom of Solomon, Lord God, that there will be a, 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 just a real uh, a recognition, Lord, that you are walking, uh, with Sean, Lord, that you are in him and that you are leading him and guiding him, that he is full, filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord, even as Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, not I'm asking him to be stoned, but Father God, I pray that there will be a, a just a real outpouring of your Spirit on the family too, Lord God, that you will cause um, just a, a real healing to take place and a, an anointing to take place in the family. Lord Jesus, that there will be a release of words of love and uh, wisdom, Lord, through Sean. And Lord God, we also pray for Dawn, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for her. I thank you, Lord God, that she dances before you, Lord, every day. Lord Jesus, that she rejoices in you every day. And I pray, Lord God, that there will be an outpouring, Lord, of your, of, uh, um, your spirit upon her, Lord, that she will uh, be that witness in the school that she desires to be. And Lord, that she will be that uh, uh, person, Lord, that's supporting her husband in this role, Lord God, that you'll give her insight and wisdom as well, oh Lord Jesus, that your blessing will be upon her. 
and upon this couple in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, your word says in the book of Acts that when they appointed deacons, they said, find men who were full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit that can attend to the pragmatics, the practical matters, so that the service of your spirit can go forth and move in a mighty way. And God, I thank you that before us this morning is a man who is full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, a man who is full of integrity and wisdom and strength. And I pray, God, that you would continue to anoint each of those gifts in a greater way, Lord, that you would release the anointing of your Holy Spirit to increase the measure of faith that you have given to Sean, that you would continue to give him greater and greater measures of faith, Lord, to believe for what you are doing in this place and to support and cooperate with the ministry of your Holy Spirit, Lord. May you continue to give him wisdom, Lord God, as he watches the door and takes care of the pragmatic responsibilities of the church with Murray and my father and and others in this place, Lord God, that you would continue, Lord God, to knit his heart together with the leadership of this church, Lord God, that he would continue to function, Lord God, in unity with your people and with the leadership of this church, Lord. May you do this work by the anointing of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Knit his heart together, Lord, with your people in this place. And may he continue to be used in a mighty way for the ministry of your gospel here at Open Door. Amen. The Lord gave me two words, passion and compassion. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for for Sean's passion to walk out the purposes you're calling him into. And I thank you, Lord, for the heart of compassion you have given to him, Father, for for others, Lord. And may he use both of those, Father, in in his duties, Father. We thank you and give you all the praise and glory. Amen. Okay. Give everybody the opportunity up here to praise. Thank you. We love you. You've done a great job. And we truly love you guys. Bless you. Okay. Or stay safe. Let's worship the Lord. Come on and rise and let's worship the Lord.
sacrifice of praise. God, you are so good. You are so worthy of our worship. Would we echo the praises that are happening in the heavens, Jesus? Yeah. 
Father God, we thank you that you are holy, Jesus. We recognize that today. We stand here in awe of who you are. Father, I thank you for the breath that you have placed in our lungs, Lord. You are so worthy, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Yes, Lord.
Let's give the Lord a big thank offering. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. We love you this morning, Lord. We're so grateful to be here. And we come and we want to hear from you, Lord. We need your spirit to guide us. And we thank you that you use ordinary people that love you to uh, minister to others. So, Lord, this morning I just offer myself to, uh, to minister to these wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Be seated. Relax. Good to have you here together. We're going to continue our series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's a kind of life in the Spirit. You know, as Christians, we have life and abundant life. It, you know, Christianity, our faith in Christ is not just a ticket to heaven. It is Christ wants us to live the fullness of the life he's given us. And uh, I think it's um, so important that we understand Paul says not to be ignorant of the gifts. So we're coming together, and I'm really trying to demystify the gifts. You know, we talk about something supernatural like healings and miracles and speaking in tongues and the obvious demonstrative spiritual gifts, but God is very practical in them, and he wants us all to learn about them and to minister to each other. And God may use you in a certain time in one way and a a different time in another way. Um, And of course, um, I'm going to keep restating our vision statement for the church. We want to be, this is why we're here, what is Open Door about? And in one sentence, this is what we're about. We are a Christ-centered community growing together in faith, hope, and love. That's what we are. We come together, we encourage each other, but it's all about Jesus. It's all about lifting up his name. It's about extending his kingdom and living a Christ-centered life. That's why worship is so important. This experience is a spiritual experience. When we're worshiping the Lord, that's full of the Holy Spirit. It's wonderful. And we grow together. And growing implies change. It implies love. We do want to grow in faith, hope, and love. Like we care for one another. So people have a sense of belonging. And so as we're teaching about these gifts, the reason we teach on them is because we want, that's how we grow together. We exercise our gifts. And interestingly enough, the gifts are actually not for ourselves, but for other people. God wants you to bless someone else. And in blessing someone else, you're blessed, but they'll also minister to you. We need each other. That's what community is all about. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each. To everyone. That means no true believer is without gifts. You all have gifts. Now, we're, there are different kinds of gifts, but we're focusing on the, these supernatural gifts. We just had a seminar on them. And I want to tell you something. You can have a spiritual gift, but it may look different than someone else who has the same gift. Uh, God uses all kinds of things. Like the way you express your gift, God uses your personality. You have a one, you're a unique individual. You are not a cookie cutter. You are a unique individual. God created you as an, and God expresses himself through the way he made you, even through your nationality, your background, your level of maturity, your socioeconomic uh, placement, and how these gifts. So evangelism can be different. Like, God uses Todd White in evangelism quite differently than he uses Daniel Kalenda, and they're very good friends. 
They're like they're, they're best friends. They're really, really close friends. But he expresses himself differently in the gifts because of all those things. And so I think that's good news. God, it's, what I'm saying is the gifts are personal. And they're personal to you. And you will, when you walk in the gifts that God calls you, you'll demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. How do you know that you have, are walking in the gifts of the Spirit? You demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are the things. And when you start to operate in those gifts, you'll just have a real joy and peace and love. It's just a wonderful thing. And those things build up the body of Christ. And I do want to say the most important thing is when we have gifts, we're all immature, we're all growing. That means we're not going to do it perfectly, so be patient with yourself. But love is the most important thing. It's so important to walk in love. This is what Paul says about the, uh, the gifts in relationship to love. He says in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Wow. Love is the foundation and motivation of why we do things. Which brings up another interesting thing, is that it's possible to have gifts of the Holy Spirit and be immature. Somehow we think that people have these spiritual gifts, that they're somehow on a higher level. I've met people with amazing, incredible gifts of the prophetic, but their character was not walking in, in the fullness of the love. I won't get into details or examples. It's not necessary. I'd start sinning if I did. <laughs> but, you know, just saying, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. So it's possible that someone actually has a spiritual gift, and you're wondering, how could you use them? But remember, the word for gift is grace gift. That's where charis comes from. Charis is grace. Charismatic. So God uses us even, and maybe sometimes especially when we're not all there, because God loves us, and his gifts are without repentance. But the point is, let's walk in love. So we don't ignore love. Love is the foundation, and it's how we communicate the gifts. And so I want to be practical today. How does this work? How do we exercise those gifts? Now, some people here have been walking with the Lord for many years, and they're very mature, and they understand. And that's great, and we want to encourage you. But most of us, and I'm still growing in the gifts. I'm still growing in hearing God. So I want to take a look at some biblical examples and some personal examples of how they work. Like, how do we work this out? How do we know it's God using us? Because there'll always be an element of doubt, if I can put it that way. If there wasn't, it wouldn't be faith. There'll always be faith is the foundation for walking out the gifts. That means there's a part, and that's why Paul says, you know in part and prophesy in part. And he also says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. So that means we do play a part in it, and we do have to step out. And it's kind of risky business. Like, there's a part of you that says, I'm not sure I have a word, but, but here it is. And I'll just share some biblical examples and then some personal examples in order to encourage you to exercise those gifts. And I'll tell you one thing, the more you, like anything you exercise in, you get better at it. 
You get stronger in it. Let's look at the story of Samuel in 1 Samuel 3.1. Samuel was a little boy that was a miracle child that his mother could not get pregnant. And the priest of the tabernacle prayed for her and she got pregnant. And so she said, I will give this child to the Lord. So that's the backdrop to the story. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. There was no expectation from the people to hear from God. And I want to tell you, where there's no expectation, God meets where you're at. I believe that one of the keys to releasing the gifts is to have expectation. That's why Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift that is within you through the laying on of my hands. It's important to understand we have a part to play in an expectation and believe God. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, so he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. And so he ran to Eli. Here I am, for you called me. But he says, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he says, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now the Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel and went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. And then the Lord went, said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the ears, two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I've spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I'm about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Well, that's a pretty strong word. That's an Old Testament word, just, just so that you know that. But I want to, it illustrates an important thing. Often, God is speaking to us, but our spiritual senses have not discerned it. And so part of growing in Christ is tuning our ear to hear what the Lord is saying. So for me personally, if I think God is speaking to me, but I'm not sure, that would be most of the time. Sometimes I get a clear, resounding sense of yes. But most of the time, it comes in the form of a thought for me. And what I do, the Bible says, take captive every thought and bring it to the obedience of Christ. So I bring it to God, and I say, Lord, is that you? It's sometimes good to, and I pray about it. Sometimes I'm in a, a meeting, and I'll have a thought. I was at a uh, an elders meeting one time and we were praying for someone to come into the elders meeting and I don't get a lot of visions and when they come to me they come to me in terms of a mental picture so I don't it's a thought picture 
So I did see something. Some people get open visions. I'm going to talk about that at some point. But um, I just said, Lord, is that you? And I had a specific, specific uh, picture that I saw. And I saw the person we were praying for, and this person was in a jungle. He had a machete. It was very dark, and he was really having a hard time cutting through a thick, dense jungle forest. And he came out, and the sun was rising. And that was the picture. And I said, Lord, if that's you, because I wasn't sure it was, would you give that picture to someone else? And one of the other elders said, Brother, Martin was there. Brother, I just had a vision for you. He says, you were in a thick jungle, and you had a machete, and you were really struggling. That was confirmation. So, um, but it's stepping out. It's always going to require faith. That means it means that you could be wrong, and you've got to be willing to be wrong. But you could take that two ways. You could be wrong and say, I'm never going to do that again. I was wrong. Or you could say, I was wrong, and I need to be more dependent on you. And I'm willing to step out and be wrong. And there's freedom in knowing it's about Jesus, not about you. It's not about you actually being right or being proven to be right. It's about God if this is from you. So I often will preface things if I get them. I said, I may have something. I had a thought. Can I share it with you? And sometimes it's partly right and sometimes it's partly myself. But if it is from the Lord, it blesses the other person. And that obedience releases a blessing to other people. I want to say one of the most important things, if you really want to get a word from God, spend time in prayer. You need to clear yourself so you are hearing from God. There is so much distracting us today. There is so much clutter. Sometimes we clutter it up with good things. I love the first, usually, hour in my morning is spending time with the Lord, with my Bible. I have a thing I read through, and I just pray. And I just want to wait and learn. Sometimes things are really powerful. And sometimes they're just simple things. Don't be surprised if God speaks to you in the very simple things. God often speaks. And don't think that's just my thought. Or that's an obvious thing. It's not always. God knows what you need every day. If it really speaks to your heart. If it's something that's relevant to you. Grab a hold of it. And what I will do is I will take scriptures that have really spoken to me, and I'll memorize them. I got a little Bible app, and that helps reinforce what God is saying to me. Samuel said this, speak for your servant hears. See, it's so important. And I want to tell you something. Don't be afraid, but God is going to say to you. I think some Christians are afraid that God will ask them to do something they can't do. But we really come to the Lord on a surrendered basis. It's really about denying yourself and following him. What do you want to do today? God one day may speak to you about forgiving someone that's hurt you. You know, that's a hard thing to do. But that's that's the obedience that God wants to give us. And also, corporately, spending time, it's wonderful. I had a couple people came and shared something this morning after prayer that the Lord gave them, and I appreciate that. But I want you to know You can share during our prayer time. There's lots of freedom to come and share it with everyone because it may be a blessing to everyone unless you feel it's for a specific person. Someone shared something for me this morning and so I took it as that was a private word and I received that. You know, if we feel the congregation needs to hear it, we will share it with the congregation if it applies to that. But we want those times. So our prayer meeting at 9.15 to 9.45 is a great opportunity to come and, and wait on the Lord together and we're praying over different things praying for different ministries. Um, 
And I think that's really important. Second thing is, so we spend time in prayer. The second thing that's really important to understand, obedience releases more of the anointing. Um, it says Samuel, in 1 Samuel 3.15, starts off saying this, Samuel lay until morning, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do to you, and more so, if you hide anything from me, all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. That's the attitude that we should have. All right, I'm willing to be obedient. I'm willing to do what you've asked me to do. You know, and so um, obedience is really important because obedience releases. I remember someone once told me that they got all excited about Jesus and they started growing in their faith. And all of a sudden, they plateaued in their faith. And they prayed, Lord, how come it's plateaued? And the Lord spoke to him. He says, you have not been obedient to the thing that I've shown you. And so that person knew that he had to be obedient. He knew that he had to take the next step and be obedient. It was a hard thing to do, but he did it. And that um, resulted in tremendous spiritual growth. So obedience is the key. If you want to continue walking in faith, you obey what the Lord shows you to do. And you cannot separate faith from walking in the Spirit. There's no shortcut. Like, we sometimes want absolutely uh, convincing, infallible words or clear visions, but most of the time, it doesn't work like that. We get an impression, we pray into it, we wait on the Lord, and then we, we step out in faith. Uh, Colossians 2.6 says this, Therefore, as you have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How did you receive Christ Jesus? By faith. And it wasn't a passive faith. You had to say, I remember one person wanting to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and this person said this, I want to be all God and none of myself. I don't want to be anything of me, so I'm not going to fake it. Well, it seems like the right thing, but that's not how you'd receive Jesus. Would you ever say to Jesus... Jesus, if you want to save me, if you want to save me, you go ahead and save me, but I'm doing nothing. That's not how it works. When you came and received Jesus, I want to get saved. I have come to you. I'm desperate for you, Lord. Like when you've come to Christ, you've made a real commitment. When you've really found an intimacy with the Lord, you pursued God. God put it, he pursued you, but you responded by faith. See, it always, it always starts with God, by the way. All the gifts start with God, but it requires uh, we are co-laborers with Christ. We always participate in it. There's always a part of it. You want to speak in tongues, you ask God, you've got to step out and start speaking. You do. And I know people think, well, I don't want to fake it. Well, it's not faking it if you're truly trusting him. You're depending on his ability, not yours. And so James says this, faith without works is dead. It just, if you want to operate in the gifts, you've got to step out and trust God. And you're going you're to be wrong sometimes. And that's part of trusting. And that's part of growing. And that's part of learning to hear the Lord's voice. It's discernment. It's part of how we grow. Then the other thing that God does that's so wonderful with the gifts, he confirms it. There's something wonderful when you receive something and you've shared it. And it, it comes to pass. I remember when we went to Israel. I'm sorry to embarrass you, Bonnie. But Bonnie came up to me. 
and she had a word that God was going to do miracles on this Israeli trip. He came with us on that trip. And guess what? God did. We had uh, incredible, had a couple of, at least two of, I think there was more, incredible healings. One lady who came crippled on the trip could not walk without a staff. Her doctor told her not to come on this trip. She needed surgery to correct her problem. On the second last day in the prayer room, got healed. We didn't know at the time. She didn't tell anybody. She wanted to wait to make sure. She was dancing the next day, and she shared with us. And uh, uh, you were there with us, too. Uh, that was an amazing time, wasn't it? Amen. That was, uh, yeah, we just had such an incredible time. So the Lord prepared us, and there was other healing miracles. That, that, that's how body ministry works. They're not for ourselves, but you gave the word. We had expert. Other people had it, too. Uh, Paul Teske had it. So as we came together and there, there's an expectation, we start praying into it. We start believing. We start trusting God for it. And we can't heal that woman. That's a wonderful thing. God confirms his word with signs and wonders following. 1 Samuel 3.19 says this, And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. That's, that's, he doesn't let the words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. One of the ways to know if it's a gift of the Holy Spirit, what effect does it produce? Does it bless other people? Does it, is it confirmed? Does it seem right? Like, you know, the Bible says something wonderful. Paul says, we have the mind of Christ. He doesn't say, I have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. You can walk, you can share these things with other brothers and sisters. You don't Walk independently. You can say, I've got this. Does that bear witness with you? Does that, that's using Christianese, I'm sorry. Does that seem right to you? Does that fit? Does that feel right? Does that, does that like, when you hear it, it says, yeah, that's right. That's what we mean by bearing witness. Um, an example comes from the book of Jeremiah. God confirms it in your circumstances. Jeremiah 32, 6 to 8 says this. Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me. Behold, Hanimal, the son of Shalom, your uncle, will come to you and say, Buy my field that is at Anatoth, for the right of redemption by purchase is yours. Then Hanimal, my cousin, came to me in the court of the guard, in accordance with the word of the Lord, and said to me, Buy my field that is in Anatoth, in the land of Benjamin, for the right of possession and redemption is yours. Buy it for yourself. And then this is, what, this is in the scriptures. This is Jeremiah the prophet saying this. This is what he says. He says, Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. You will know God will confirm it through the circumstances. Sometimes that's a good way of discerning if it's not from the Lord. Because you'll say something and you feel God's going to do something, and if it doesn't happen, and remember this, we don't judge the person, we judge the word. The reason we judge the word is not to punish them. Remember, this is about love. This is to find out what God is saying. It's correcting them so they can do it better next time. It's not to shut them down. It's not to shut people down. We do not shut down the Holy Spirit. This is a place where we want, but we can do things decently and in order. And that's what we do. We test what God is saying so that we can hear. And he confirms it through circumstances. And we're being pruned. Pruned is a wonderful thing. And it means we produce more fruit. Don't you want more fruit in your life? But correction is always a little ouchy. It's hard. I don't like being wrong. I don't know about you. I kind of like being right. 
Maybe it's my pride, but um, we, don't, we don't like to be wrong. So sometimes we don't want to even share the word because we're afraid of, of being wrong. But, you know, sometimes we share it in faith. You know, we go through those things. We take it to the Lord. Is this from you? Um, knowing the scriptures is such an important thing. Please believe me. Read God's word. God will not do anything that doesn't line up with his word. Now, having said that, you can take God's word out of context. Like someone said, those might be God's words, but that was not his voice. So we've got to make sure that it's not only his word, but it's his heart and his voice. Uh, God gives you peace. Uh, that's a wonderful thing. This is what it says in Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. So God gives us peace. Do you have peace about it? Does God give you peace? The inner witness of the Spirit. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Uh, I'm going to unpack that spiritually a little bit. We talked about it briefly. It just means that you just get this incredible sense of knowing. Jeremiah 31 says, In that day I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel, not like the old covenant I made with them when they came out of the land of Egypt, which covenant they broke, but this new covenant that I'll make with them, I'll put my laws in their hearts. I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. From the least of the grace, I kind of paraphrase that. Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34, it's in there somewhere. The whole point is, is we have a relationship with God. And when you have a relationship with someone, we don't have a relationship with someone that we can see with our physical eyes or ears or our five senses. It's a spiritual thing. It's something inward. And that's where God meets with us in our inner being, in that place in our spiritual being. And he's there and he gives us that peace. That's what I mean by bearing witness. It'll feel good. It'll be, it'll be great. And that's where God moves us. And God will increase the anointing as you grow. You see, as you grow in your gifts, you're going to become more familiar, you're going to be more recognizing it. And it says this in 1 Samuel 3.21, And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And then Romans 12.6 says this, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. You hear that? If prophecy in proportion to our faith. You all have gifts. The more you exercise, just like the more you exercise physically, you do it better, you get stronger. This is the same thing. It's the same principle. And your gift will be confirmed by others in the body of Jesus. This is so wonderful. 1 Samuel 3.20. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. You see, when we make room for people's gifts, it's not us imparting the gifts on people. It's God calling people, and as they're rising up in their giftedness, all we're doing is recognizing that's God and inviting you in and supporting them in their ministry gifts. And I think we should do that. That's for everybody. I think the best place to exercise these gifts is in small groups. And you're going to hear me say it again and again. Now, we've got home groups. We've got men's groups, we've got ladies' groups, but the point is, is we need to be in relationships. Sometimes you'll just be with a couple of friends, not even in a so-called small group, but Jesus said where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. God's with you. Have confidence. That word this morning was good. Have confidence that God is working out his will and his way in you. Don't shy back. Know that the Lord is with you. Step out in faith. 
And um, God will confirm, and it says, all Israel knew that Samuel was a prophet. It was obvious. And your gifts will also become obvious as you step out of them. And remember, there's all kinds of gifts. Uh, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 37. If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, or he should acknowledge that the things that I'm writing to you are a command of the Lord, if he does not recognize this, he is not recognized. In other words, there's no Lone Ranger prophets. You know, all of the cults um, started out with people that were self-proclaimed prophets that weren't recognized in the body of Christ, that didn't fit in and either contradicted, and they always went against Scripture. They always get, in this case, Paul says, if he doesn't agree with what I've written, well, Paul was writing the Scriptures. It also should agree with the local body that you're part of. You know, it should be recognized. So, um, I've, had too many, I've seen too many people wounded in the body of Christ by people who claim to be prophets and brought division, brought sectarianism, and brought heresy, or tried to bring heresy in the church. Now, as pastors, we have to root that out. That'll be uh, gifts of discernment at some other time. But the point is, is that they operate with the body, and they should be recognized by everybody in the body, and people shouldn't be operating in independence. I'm going to um, ran out of time. Got so many wonderful stories. I have some personal stories. We're going to pick this up next week. But I want to encourage you to flan, flan, fan. Give me a second here. I used to speak English. A fan into flame. It's there. It's waiting for you. God wants to use you in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to take next week a look at some more practical ways. It's important to give personal examples, not just theory or theology. Um, but if you want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, the first thing you have to do is you've got to be born again. You've got to know Jesus personally. And so there may be, maybe everybody here knows Jesus. I don't know if you do. But if you don't know Jesus, or if those who are joining us online and you'd like to, it's the most wonderful relationship, and it is by faith. It's the very first place we start in our walk with God, and that's surrendering our life to Jesus. If you've never remembered, or don't know, or can't remember if you've ever, it's done by faith, and we express it in a prayer, and it starts off like this. We acknowledge that we cannot save ourselves. You know, we're all fallen people. We all do things wrong, which just means we're human. The word used is sinner, but that word sounds kind of like you're doing bad things. Not that you're a bad person. You're human and can't save yourself. We all need Jesus. Even all of the good people need Jesus. So you can receive Jesus by faith through a prayer. And it goes like this, if you'd like to pray. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear Jesus, pray this prayer with me if you've never received Jesus. Thank you that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I can't save myself. I'm not good enough in my own ability. But I ask that you forgive me on the basis of of Christ's life, death, and resurrection for his shed blood on the cross. Forgive all my sins, come into my heart, and I surrender my life to you. I want to follow you for I ask this in Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, God bless you. You're part of the family of God. Thank you for coming all this morning. Let's worship the Lord in closing. Men, I invite you to stand. We are going to rejoice this morning in the freedom that we have because of Jesus and what he did on the cross. So let's sing.
step out of the grave Break into the wild And don't be afraid Run into wide open spaces Grace is waiting for you Dance like the way I've been lifted Grace is waiting Cause where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom, there is freedom Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom, 
God has called us to freedom, not to bondage. Isn't that good news this morning? Well, we're about to close, and I just want to mention we will be having an altar time after this, it's after the, this part of the service, but it's still people will be prayed for. So I want us to be um, respectful and not disturb them during prayer, but we do want to encourage fellowship if you're not going up for prayer. So we're going to invite you up for prayer in a few minutes. Someone came to me with a word this morning that there's somebody here with shoulder pain. If you have shoulder pain and you'd like prayer, please come. Our altar team would be very happy to serve and pray for you. And this is where we minister to one another. Please come. If you have any, if you want to receive Jesus, pray with someone, please come forward. It's awesome. And uh, parents with children, please get your children and quietly remove them from the service afterwards so they're not disturbing the prayer time. So I just want to thank you for that. Well, Lord, we thank you. I thank you for the people of God. And Lord, this morning I'm going to ask for a blessing on them. We thank you. We are blessed in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus, Lord. So we can come confidently. We can come boldly, not because of our own goodness or our own righteousness, because of the finished work of the cross, Lord. And we trust you this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you'll touch those here who need a healing touch, Lord God. Would you just send forth your word? And heal them, Father God. We pray, Lord, that as we come into that next phase of ministry, of personal ministry, that you'll anoint our altar team workers to pray by the Holy Spirit and give them words and knowledge and release your mighty anointing on them. And we close this service. We give you thanks, praise, and honor, and glory. Lord, we just remember, too, this event with Will Graham. Lord, save London. Send forth your spirit. Bring forth your word. Confirm it with signs and wonders following. And give us a heart for the lost. Because, Lord, that is your heart. And we close the service at this time in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Altar team, could you please come up? So if you want prayer, please come up over here and receive ministry. Have a wonderful week.